And now I will introduce today's special guest. Over the past months, we've heard many catastrophic assessments of the current global economic crisis. It's been called the most massive financial meltdown in a generation. It's been described as a threat to modern civilization, rivaling that of the two world wars. And it's been compared to a tsunami, a black death. Such hyperbole springs from fear of an uncertain future, but inflated rhetoric and dire predictions never solved the crisis. In times of trouble, we look for leadership that is calm and competent, wise and practical. And those are qualities that apply to today's special guest. Many of you will recognize these famous lines. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. Rudyard Kipling wrote those timeless lines about 45 years before Dalton McGinty was born, but Premier, he must have seen you coming. <laughs> Dalton McGinty was a lawyer before he became a legislator. He is Ontario's 24th Premier and a political veteran. The son of a professor turned politician, he has spent almost 19 years in elected office, most of them as leader of the Ontario Liberal Party, both in opposition and since 2003 in government. He has experienced the rough and tumble of politics and in all that time, he has always kept his head about him. He has moved forward with a strong sense of purpose and patience. We've seen the sense, that sense of purpose and patience pay off for Ontario. Premier McGuinty waged a tireless campaign for fiscal fairness for Ontario and probably encountered as much criticism as he did support along the way. But he never wavered from his conviction that the taxpayers of this province were getting a raw deal. For years, Ontarians have been giving far more to Ottawa than they were getting back in social transfers, employment insurance, and infrastructure funding. He was polite, polite persistent, and ultimately successful in pursuing Ontario's interests and pressing an issue of basic fairness. Last week's federal budget finally addressed this long-standing imbalance and set a new tone for respectful cooperation between Queen's Park and Parliament Hill. That was an important victory, but the issues that Ontario faces now are newer ones and global ones. Today, the Premier will discuss the economic challenges that face the province and outline his government's strategy for securing the future of Ontario. Please join me in extending a warm welcome to Premier Dalton McGuinty. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Distinguished guests, colleagues, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for that very warm reception. And thank you in particular, Helen, for that lovely introduction, and thanks especially for delivering it exactly as I wrote it. <laughs> it's fabulous. 
I have been privileged to work very closely with Helen in the past, and I'm lucky to call her my friend. So I can guess how grateful the Canadian Club is to have her as your president. It is always a privilege to speak to members of this historic organization. You've been at the forefront of Ontario's history for 112 years. To put it another way, you've been around since the days when Don Cherry's collars were fashionable. <laughs> you know, I love hockey. I love watching a game on TV with my kids. I think that game is part of our Canadian DNA. It's a window into who we are and how we see our world. That became clear to me during the 1972 Summit Series. You may recall, back then we invited Russia over for a friendly competition. We won, but not before Russia had badly shaken our confidence in our game. That series changed the way Canada played the game and how we saw ourselves. The Russians showed us. If you wanted to stay the best in the world, we'd have to play better and smarter. We knew that we had to bring up our game, and we did. So after that series, we imported some of the best players in the world, and we learned from them. We started to train our own players differently. We got serious about the business side of the game, and all that hard work paid off big time. Just a few weeks ago, our juniors won their fifth straight world championship. Canada is on top in the hockey world, all because 37 years ago, when our confidence was shaken, we shook up the status quo. We decided we were never going to settle for second place ever. We decided we would do what it takes to win. Now, that series and the lessons it offers us came to mind the other day when I was thinking about the state of our economy. Imagine for a moment, where we would be if we took that same approach to our economy. Because while we could muscle our way through this global recession and maybe even come out slightly ahead, what we really need to do is raise our game and raise our sights. Because let's be honest here, other places in the world have figured out how to compete against us. And in some ways, they're pulling ahead. So we have a choice to make, settle for second place or figure out a new way to win. I'm for winning, and I believe Ontarians are too. So today I want to talk to you about two things, what we've done to strengthen the Ontario economy and what we need to do to build a stronger, sustainable, more competitive economy for the future. So to begin, what we've been doing. The good news is, Ontarians haven't been standing idle. We came into this recession in a stronger position than most. Ces cinq dernières années, la population de l'Ontario a fourni un travail aussi bon qu'acharné. Ensemble, nous avons rétabli la vitalité de nos services publics ainsi que la confiance à leur égard. Ontarians have worked hard and well during the past five years. Together, we've restored confidence in our public services. We have more teachers for our children, more nurses and doctors for our families, and more water and meat inspectors and police protecting all of us. And in return for those new investments, we got results. 
smaller classes, higher test scores, shorter health care wait times, safer streets, and more protected green space. Ontarians have worked equally hard and successfully to strengthen our economy. Together, we've moved aggressively on our five-point plan. So today, we have a more highly skilled and educated workforce. We have new government business partnerships, which have created thousands of new jobs. And we have lower business taxes and massive investments in innovation and infrastructure. Those gains remain a strong foundation for future growth. It's important to recognize even though our position was stronger than most going into this recession, we have hardly escaped the pain and anxiety that it causes. Many of our families have been hurt by job losses. Many of our businesses have been felled by a collapse in demand and credit. Ontarians are anxious, and understandably so. I want to assure you, our government's highest priority is to help Ontarians through this recession and build a stronger, more competitive economy. You see, we have to do both. We have to grapple with the present and build for the future. This crisis will end. Confidence will be restored. The economy will grow. All this is absolutely certain. What Ontarians will determine is how strong that growth will be in the coming years. And here's where we need to make a choice. Because we can coast on our achievements so far, or we can bring up our game. I believe Ontarians are for bringing up our game. I believe we are eager to build a stronger economy for the post-recession world. I believe we are prepared to do what it takes to win for our children. A good quality of life supported by a good standard of living. Now, winning this begins with an understanding. We face some pretty fundamental challenges to our economy. Challenges to our businesses, our families, and our governments. First of all, our businesses need to invest more of their resources to keep ahead of the competition. On average, Ontario businesses spend 16% less than they do in the U.S on new productivity-enhancing technologies. And they invest one-third less in research and development. Our businesses need to invest more in their employees as well, because our greatest resources are the skills and creativity of our people. Furthermore, some of our businesses still count on a low dollar and low energy cost for their profitability. I think we all know that's just not sustainable. Our dollar is volatile at best and energy prices will most certainly increase, driven in part by carbon pricing. Carbon pricing is coming to North America just as surely as night follows day. This will likely be driven by President Obama through a cap-and-trade program. Carbon pricing will create challenges for some and real opportunity for others who are prepared. It's clear the game is changing, and our businesses are going to have to be at their very best if they want to compete and win. And government needs to help by making investments in workers, technologies, and research more affordable. Another hard truth we need to acknowledge is that our families are facing challenges. One of the most pressing is that our young people are not going far enough in school. You know, we can all be very proud of the fact that Ontario now has the highest rate of post-secondary education in the Western world. Forty percent of our people...
40% of our young people have gone beyond high school. But get this, the world is changing. The experts are now telling us we need to get to 70%, because 70% of all our new jobs require post-secondary education. You know, once you've completed your undergrad in the U.S., you are twice as likely to do your master's as one of our kids. But our kids are just as smart, and our tuition costs are lower. And it's not just a matter of university. We need more of our kids to pursue training programs and apprenticeships. Our families and young people need to reach higher, and our government has to do more to help them get there. Another reality of our, government, of our economy is that governments, including mine, are acting as a brake on growth. We move too slowly, and we burden ourselves and our job creators, our entrepreneurs, with too much process. This has been the case for a long time now. But in a globalized, just-in-time economy, government sluggishness is a lot more than just an irritation. It's costing us investment. It's costing us jobs. I'll give you just one example of government inefficiency. If we wanted to build a major public transit project right here in Toronto, well, first, the City of Toronto's planning experts look at it. And then provincial planning experts look at it. And then federal planning experts look at it. So that millions of dollars have been spent and sometimes years have gone by before a single shovel touches the ground. We've got to be faster and better than this, especially now. That's why our government has put in place a six-month time limit for environmental assessments on transit projects. It's one step in the right direction, but there are many, many more steps to be taken. I can tell you my government embraces the challenge to become fast and friendly, and will do it in a way that always protects the public interest. Comme le reste du monde, l'Ontario devra s'accommoder d'importants déficits. Il nous faudra freiner les hausses de dépenses relatives aux nouvelles initiatives. Like the rest of the world, Ontario will need to run some pretty significant deficits. That means we'll need to slow down spending increases on new initiatives. We will balance compassion with discipline as we help pull Ontario out of this recession. We will keep the gains we've made in education and in health care. And we will begin to take steps to change our game, to make our economy stronger. Earlier I mentioned the world is moving in the direction of carbon pricing. It's on the way. It is inescapable. We saw this coming years ago, so we've been laying the groundwork. That's why, for example, we're phasing out coal-fired electricity generation. And it's why we've been working on carbon pricing with California and other states and with Quebec. Because to paraphrase the great one, there's no point skating to where the puck has been. You want to skate to where the puck is going. The truth is, the places that reduce carbon first are going to have a competitive advantage. We need to get there first. That's why when the legislature returns shortly, we're going to introduce a new Green Energy Act. There are tremendous opportunities to be had in a green economy. Our intention is to unleash an explosion of new green energy and create more than 50,000 jobs over the next three years. At the same time, we're going to make it easier and simpler to get new wind turbines, solar panels, and biofuel plants online and plugged into the Ontario electricity grid. Our province will be greener and stronger and in a much better position to compete 
and win against the rest of the world. My friends, I've laid out three important challenges today. We need our businesses to become more competitive. We need our families and young people to reach higher in schooling and in their training. And we need our government to pick up the pace in our dealings with job creators. None of these challenges are easily overcome. It's going to take all of us, and it's going to take time, hard work, and a fundamental shift in the way we compete, in the way we do business, in the way we think of ourselves as Ontarians. You know, we could simply outlast this recession, kind of grind our way through, win a few battles along the boards, so to speak. But the new global economy is going to favor the places that are fast, creative, and exciting. That's the Ontario that I envision. Moving forward, we can draw hope for tomorrow from our past. Every previous generation of Ontarians has risen to the challenge of their day. We settled this cold, harsh northern land and built a basic way of life for ourselves. Then we built up this province to provide us with the extraordinary quality of life we enjoy today. Along the way, we fought in great wars and through a Great Depression. Our pace of progress has sometimes been slowed, but always we kept going. Always we found a way. Generation after generation, building on the foundations we inherited from our parents, we built something even better for our children. Let's take up our challenge with confidence and determination. There is much at stake, but we have much to give by way of experience and ambition. And we have so much to gain an economy that will support a high quality of life for all Ontarians, an economy that will fund top-notch public services for all our families, an economy built on our shared understanding that its true purpose, its noble purpose, is to build a strong, caring society. And it seems to me, my friends, that is something worthy of our highest aspirations and our greatest efforts. Thank you very much. I'd now like to call on Pam Purvis, the director of the Canadian Club of Toronto, to thank the Premier officially. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to have the opportunity to thank you, Premier, for an important talk at an important time. There is never a time when difficult decisions aren't required of political leaders. How much more challenging is it to make tough decisions during tough times? Sometimes the necessary decision is the decision that goes against the grain. Sometimes it's a decision that carries within it the seeds of longer-term challenges. Today's challenges call for leadership in all walks of life. 
We all must exercise common sense, responsibility in our homes, our workplaces, and in what we ask of government. We must work with government and take the long view of the health of this province. This unsettled time is a unique opportunity for real and lasting change. Winston Churchill once said that a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity and an optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. I think we will rise to the challenge. Your encouraging words help us rise to the challenge, and I'd like to thank you very much for joining the Canadian Club today. I'd also quickly... I'd also quickly like to thank once again um, the Ontario Carpenters Union and Campbell Strategies for sponsoring this event. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pam. Thank you again, Premier McGinty. Uh, before lunch, I'd just like to mention a couple of our upcoming events at the Canadian Club. On February 9th, we host a panel of three distinguished Ontario University Chancellors, David Dodge, Chancellor of Queen's University, the Honourable David Peterson, speaking for the University of Toronto, and John Thompson for the University of Western Ontario. And on February 10th, we welcome to Canada the widely admired global chair and CEO of GE, Jeffrey Immelt. To order tickets to any of these events for the Canadian Club, please visit canadianclub.org. This concludes our television programming, which will be broadcast on Rogers. And now, ladies and gentlemen, before lunch, please join me in a toast to Canada. To Canada. Thank you. And enjoy your lunch. <laughs>